Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast and I'm a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call this show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in the conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. There are also special interests that are less than enthusiastic about you knowing about the studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illness. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and it has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as some medical schools and hospitals including the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled The Year in Review. Hi, Dr. Benz. Hi, Aubrey. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Well, you know, actually, Caitlin, our producer, uh, helped us come up with this idea. It's kind of like a summary of uh, the, the shows that have started in February of 2021. And um, I think this one will actually air in January of 2022. So everybody does a kind of a year in review, and I think uh, we, we should have that too. Um, I, I know some of the places where I've received comments from people about the show. I don't know whether you have any to share as well, but I've had them from as far away as British Columbia and in other parts of Canada, Ontario and Toronto, and in South America, in Brazil, and of course in Florida and California, Colorado, Arizona, uh, South Carolina, Chicago, Illinois, Wisconsin, New York, and Rhode Island. I mean, those are just some of the ones that I, I have gotten notes back from people saying, you know, really, really like your show. But here are some of the actual comments. I, I, I haven't shared these with, with anybody on air. But these are some of the things that we've got. These just a few samples of, uh, of, of what people uh, thought. I must admit that I learned more about the use of antibiotics today and could have used this information many years ago. I have two pages of notes on all the wonderful advice from this podcast from your food is, is only as good as, as the farm to the germ protection uh, curtains in Aberdeen, Scotland. <laughs> I have a hard time even remembering that one, but I'm sure we, we did exactly that. Your explanations, uh, Aubrey and yourself, are always so easy to understand. And, and, your, and your easy manner, the way you guys communicate with each other is also great. I love this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Isn't that great? This was from... Yeah, it's awesome. This was from Patty in, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. And here's one from Sarah in uh, Colorado. I have been sharing these podcasts with my family. They are so helpful. Hard to remember everything, but love learning. I want to tell you, uh, uh, your program on COVID long hauler is working and my heart feels so much better and at rest and calm. Uh, I'm beginning to feel better every day. I had my second IV drip, I think it was a vitamin C, and I've been taking all the supplements regularly. Thank you for everything you guys do. And so, yeah, I mean, 
she was really in tough shape because she was like had five. She was on the couch, <laughs> and for and, and and really wasn't moving that much, and uh, couldn't get up, couldn't do anything. And after about I think seven or eight weeks, she was out driving around, feeling almost totally normal again. The heart was the main thing that she was kind of still dealing with a few things. That's why she wrote this particular email. And, uh, and, uh, and she was obviously feeling well enough to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to listen to the show and, and share it with her family and friends as well. Um, here's one from a professional. This is a, a master herbalist, uh, Heather in Sarasota. Um, thank you for your awesome work and sharing it with all of us. I think it's cool that we've got professionals like, uh, like her paying attention to our show. And maybe I'm going to uh, ha have an opportunity to bring her and other professionals on the show as guests in the future. And here's one from Brad. This is another fellow in San Diego, a base guy. He also had COVID problems. And uh, I mentioned the show to him. And, and here he says, um, he said, what a great show. Thanks for sharing this wealth of information. I shared it with my friends and family. Thank you so much for everything you're offering. So mm -hmm. that was that was cool as well. And That's uh, awesome. then, uh, hi, just wanted to thank you for your excellent presentation on how to fight COVID by boosting the immune system with food and supplements with scientifically tested protocols. This was a lady from Brazil, Rosanna. So I thought, wow, um, those are just a few of, of, of the examples of, uh, of, of things that people are saying. And um, I just I wanted to see what your reaction was, because I'm going to announce now that Aubrey, can I can I say the two reasons why? You definitely can. OK, yeah. Aubrey is with child again. And uh -huh. uh, this is a joyous time. Um, but uh, with a nine-year-old underfoot and uh, another one on the way, which presents its own little host of concerns and, and problems, um, and the fact that she's in this stage of her PhD in the next uh, three to five months getting her dissertation, I know how dissertations go, and that's brutal. <laughs> it's just brutal. Yep. <laughs> so she has asked if she can step back and concentrate on those two really life-changing events. And I've said, why? Of course. I mean, those are things that are going to take precedence. And, and I'm, I'm really, really uh, happy that uh, we've had this chance to work together. And I'm just going to say a few words about what I've learned from you. Um, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> what, what, what you taught me is eating intuitively is really important and i think that's different than being addicted to food <laughs> i think <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> I, I don't want people to get confused with the fact that they have a craving that may be because of a nutritional deficiency uh, can you explain a little bit more about what you mean about intuitively yeah it is tricky i agree I think every time I present this to listen to your body and eat intuitively, I automatically have a client or a student that's like, well, I intuitively want brownies every day. Or, <laughs> you know, like, and that, I completely understand that sentiment. And also, um, 
you know, I think that this is a kind of like a rewilding or an unlearning where we have learned to crave foods that are really not great for us. One of the students I just was with this last past semester was like, I've realized that intuitively I crave things based upon my childhood or based upon my emotion, my emotional state, but those are to comfort me and that they're not actually there to help provide me a health um, and well-being. And so when I talk about intuitive eating, I think what I'm really getting at is this unlearning of craving chips because they're salty and you can't stop eating them is not the same thing as feeding your body with the micronutrients that you need. Um, and that comes with time and experimentation. One of the last podcasts we recorded before this one was to talk, was talking about, you know, using food journals and using journaling to really start tracking your understanding of your body. How do I respond when I eat this? How do I feel? What are the thoughts that I think emotionally, what comes up? That is part of intuitive eating. It's not going on autopilot and eating the whole box of Oreos and then looking up and being like, oh yeah, I fed that need. It's more of looking at how do I feel when I eat these things in all of the manners of my well-being. And you know, I, I learned that for me, uh, eating intuitively means your body says something to you. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden you go, I think we should have this for dinner. Mm -hmm. And it can be a totally f a food from out in left field that uh, the body is saying, wait a minute, you need this. And, 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 and when, I talked, when we talked about this craving, when you said salty, I mean, what your body needs is chloride. And, and, and so chloride is really important, but if you don't have enough from say raw goat milk or fish or, or having sea salt in your, in your diet, then you're gonna have that craving. And, and it's the same with simple carbs. Your body wants GABA, you know? It, mm -hmm. it, it wants this neurotransmitter GABA from whole grains and oranges and vegetables and nuts and seeds. And, and chocolate, well, your body's craving magnesium. And so you need more legumes and nuts and dark green vegetables and seeds and fruits. Every one of these things that's a craving, if you think about it and you know what the craving is coming from, then that's not intuitive. That's kind of more of the addictive thing. So I'm thinking subconsciously. It comes out of nowhere for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, that's, that's just what I learned. Um, the second thing that I learned from a couple of different podcasts from you is movement is just as good as going to the gym. Mm -hmm. If you do enough movement of the right type and, you know, bending down in the garden, going up and down stairs, carrying a baby around, <laughs> those, that's like a 30 pound weight that you got to carry that's around right. most of the day. And so is there anything you'd like to add to that for people so that they get the essence of your, your strategy or your theory about the importance of movement? I just think that if we go back to ancestral wisdom and ancestral medicine, like our ancestors were always on the move, whether it was weeding or hanging out laundry to dry um, on the line or canning food or cooking or sowing new seeds, you know, like we have gotten to this place where we think that exercise in the gym is somehow more profound for the body than movement is. 
and I think that can be really daunting and I cements why people are sedentary a lot of times because it can be overwhelming. And so I think the power comes from recognizing that, hey, movement, especially five minute, 10 minute bursts throughout our day repetitively will burn sometimes the same amount of calories that you could burn in going to the gym without the the barrier and the limitation of, oh, I have to, I must do, or I'm supposed to go. Because that creates this psychological barrier and limitation that we have to work through. Right, right. That's an ex excellent uh, uh, explanation. The other thing that you've said, and this, these are connected to the last two really, is that connect with nature. That this, this was something that really resonated with you that you needed that that connection with nature to make yourself feel like you were doing the right thing for your body what what's mm -hmm. the essence of that well i mean i think you know we see um forest bathing there's research coming out in japan that's called forest bathing which is basically that you're going out into the wilderness and you're allowing yourself to be washed or submerged in the sitting and looking at the trees, watching the birds fly, what are the sounds that you hear? And from a neurological perspective, it stimulates the same brain waves as meditation does. There's some really fascinating research that's come out around forest bathing or going into the woods and how it can help re-regulate the microbiome by just being in a woods setting for five to 10 minutes really important especially when we start looking at those episodes that that previous um, listener was recommending on about the role of antibiotic exposure you know we know that we're overexposed to antibiotics we're overexposed to processed foods which are all deregulating our immune system function and also our microbiome so getting out to in the woods is not only helping with neurological functioning by helping us tap into those slower brain waves where we can be meditative, where we have decreased cortisol, where we have decreased inflammatory markers being released, but it can also simultaneously help stimulate our physiological functioning that is happening within the gut microbiome. I mean, and there's just this poetic quality as well about being in the woods. You know, James Muir said, I go to the woods to find myself. And there's that piece of like being able to reflect um, that we don't give ourselves enough time to do when we're busy and doing the thousand things on the to-do list. It's really funny. I wrote this list yesterday, and it, this morning when I turned on the TV in, in the bedroom, there was this movie called Land with, uh, <laughs> with, this, with this actor, Robin Wright, and she was sort of going back to the Rocky Mountains to kind of stay, get away from people and, and mm -hmm. connect with the land. She did not have an easy time of it, I can tell you that. It was, <laughs> it was a brutal story, but I think that she made her point. And I can remember when Ingrid and I go for a bike ride, when I say, well, let's go down there, and, and it, it goes past this heavy uh, traffic. I mean, we, we're on a bike path, but she doesn't like the traffic. I mean, even mm. though it's far away, it's, it's alienating, all right? Yeah. And, and yet, every time we say, let's go to that direction, 
that's where the park is. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of intuitive, I think, that we just desire to be there because when we ride through that park, you hear the birds, you see things, and it, it's just renewing. So I, I, I think about you now when, when we go through there, that there's a reason we're drawn there, and you right. helped me to uh, elucidate that. The next one has to do with spices and herbs. I, I think I could. I have a lot still to learn from you on that. And I, I, I hope you'll either come back on the show as a guest and, or, or maybe back in another status at another time. But uh, what, what can you say to people about the, the need to really look into spices and herbs because, uh, herbs? because you talked about using spices to make the, the, the meals that aren't as really wonderfully tasting as they could be, and spices mm-hmm. are the answer. But those same spices end up being things that have medicinal value. And so what's a takeaway as we end this year and your current time frame on this program, what's, what's your takeaway on spices and herbs you like to alert the, the listeners to? What, what should they do to be more mindful of those things? Um, I go back to, you know, Hippocrates said, let your medicine, let your food be your medicine, let your medicine be your food. And I think spices and herbs are one of the best places that we can actually fully embody that sage knowledge. Um, And so one with spices and herbs, it's tricky. You have to be aware, you have to be an informed consumer. So being aware of where you're procuring them from, where you're buying them from, turmeric from the dollar store is very different from turmeric that is hand harvested and organic and tested and verified for not having heavy metals in it. Um, so pay attention to one, where are you purchasing the spice from? Same thing with the herb, um, especially, you know, are they harvested in sustainable manners? Um, is really important and I think a little bit goes a long way. That's part of the reason why I love herbs and spices to use them. We're talking about a pinch or a fourth of a teaspoon. We're not neat talking about, you know, a lot of the research that I helped work with was consuming two to five cups of blueberries a day. That's a lot of blueberries for somebody to see these major impacts on their mitochondrial function. With spices and herbs, we see changes mitochondrial and mitochondrial function with very minimal usage. Um, and so uh, there is a wonderful cookbook and by a chef and her name is Rebecca Katz. And she's done a lot of work with Dr. Weil and it's K-A-T-Z. And she wrote, it's called the Cancer Fighting Cookbook. And it's specific to people that are oncology patients um, that have lost their taste buds. And she uses a lot of herbs and a lot of spices to help re-stimulate taste buds. But I love her cookbook because she shows how easy and how applicable just using small amounts here and there can be for not only changing the quality of the food that we're consuming, but also the nutraceutical component um, of how it's impacting our physiology. You know, you just said a mouthful there. Um, uh, <laughs> Surprise. I, I mean, I mean as you were talking, I'm thinking to myself, one of the programs that I'm thinking of doing next year has to do with um, eating like eating as if you had cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you can if you can do what you just said, and that is eat mindfully uh, and and include spices, uh, if you can if you can control 
uh, the outbreak of cancer in your body, that means you're probably going to control the outbreak of almost every other chronic illness. Absolutely. I mean, if this yeah. is, this is, you don't have to have a different protocol for diabetes and arthritis. And no. If you eat to, to prevent cancer, you will prevent every other chronic illness. And, and, and I noticed that from the protocols that I have developed for all these different chronic illnesses, they are 80% the same. And so, but cancer is the, the, the nastiest one. That's the one people worry about the most. But I, I just think that's really, really sage advice. And, and something you said in a recent program was, was really good. And that is people are so fascinated with these different diets you know, the keto diet and uh, the, the, the Mediterranean diet. And uh, there's, all, there's like 12 different diets. And I think what you said was, you can eat any of those diets and make them healthy. Mm -hmm. So what's the, what's the trick? I mean, I know that in Ingrid's case, she just makes sure she gets all the vegetables possible and, you know, lean, healthy protein and she minimizes the fat and, uh, and, and, and the simple carbs and the carbs like starches and stuff like that. So it's keto on an intermittent diet uh, time frame, but you can make any diet healthy. And the artificial intelligence platform that I work with does the same thing. You click off the diet that you want to follow and it will tell you what foods to eat to keep that diet healthy. Now, we, uh, uh, you all, you have this in your brain already. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you already <laughs> figured this out. So what are some tips about anybody that has a need to follow a certain diet? What are the two or three main things they should be doing to make that a healthy diet? Uh, intermittent fasting. And okay. whether that means that you're going eight to 12 hours without eating, I mean, there's variation, but most of the research is usually looking at 12 to 12 hours. Um, intermittent fasting, increasing your fruit and vegetable load, and then staying away from processed foods. There's not a single dietary fad that you can make healthy by eating processed foods, nor is there a single dietary fad that you can make healthy by removing all fruits and vegetables. Right, right. And that goes right hand in hand with your strategy to not say, let's lose weight, let's manage weight. And so a real quick one on that. How, how, do, you, how do you get people to manage their weight? And, and we, I talked about in the last program about the formula of you know, limiting your, your calories to 10 times your weight and then reducing that by 10% only so that because losing it too fast is not good. But what's your take on weight management? Because you've been a real proponent of that for, throughout the last year. I think one, we really have to celebrate the small wins because what we're talking about is lifestyle changes and with coaching people over the years, it's making sure of like, oh, hey, I didn't choose that Coca-Cola. Instead, I had a, a glass of water. That's a win. We celebrate that. And we celebrate eating carrot sticks over having Cheetos um, because those are the small pieces that help with weight management over the long term. It's not only going into paying attention to what calories you're consuming or how many carbohydrates or how much protein and how much fat you're consuming, but also 
to really reward yourself by acknowledging the effort that you're putting in with weight management on a day-to-day basis. Right. Well, these are just some of the things I learned from Aubrey. Uh, I, I, I learned a lot. And uh, is there anything that you'd like to say to the audience before I uh, give the last word to our sponsors? I just want to thank you and the audience and all the listeners for showing up, um, for listening in, and for doing what I feel like is the most important work that any of us can do, which is how do we become as healthy as we possibly can. There's nothing that inspires me more than to hear individuals that are taking the, the knowledge um, that we're sharing with them and applying it because I, I know that that's how people feel empowered. That's how they increase their self-efficacy. And ultimately, that's how we change the healthcare crisis that we're in. And I'm very grateful to have shared this space with you and with everybody that's listened. Well, thank you very much. And uh, thanks to our sponsors for giving you and I this opportunity to do this over 2021. And um, the, the first sponsor is MPB Health and they're a medical cost sharing company and uh, a little bit different than health insurance. They concentrate on wellness, keeping the administrative costs down and making sure that uh, everybody that's involved in the medical cost sharing uh, group is pulling their weight, as it were, and doing everything they can to be responsible in what they eat and how they exercise and manage stress. And so MPB Health has actually have a track record of reducing healthcare costs by 30 to 50% by doing this mindful uh, evaluation of everybody's health that belongs to these medical cost sharing companies. So MPB Health, look online with one of their videos and and talk to uh, uh, somebody there that will give you an idea of whether this is something that can replace the health insurance that you have. Another company is uh, DHA Labs. DHA Labs is a really advanced uh, diagnostic company with blood testing, urine testing, I mean, uh, genetic testing. And yes, there's some COVID testing that goes on through them too. And so they're really progressive and they're a company for 60 years now. They've been trying to find ways to identify when disease starts to happen in the body at the cellular level. And so by doing that, we know that we can probably reduce the incidence of chronic illness by 80 to 90% because most of these illnesses start five to 10 years earlier with markers that DHA Labs has in their tests to help identify when disease is beginning so we can push it back before it becomes a serious challenge. And the third sponsor is Paddock Pools. Paddock Pools developed something called the uh, the vacuum extractor, which takes chlorine gas off the surface of the pool and allows for about 95% of that gas to be removed so that people are swimming in well oxygenated water or air. And that's really important because without that well oxygenated air, then what happens is that chlorine gas gets into your body. It can reduce the levels of zinc in your body. It can reduce the levels of uh, vitamin D3 in your body. And this can lead to cancer challenges and other health challenges. So if you want to swim in a really healthy pool, look to paddock pools to on your next pool project or try to find an organization that already has a paddock pool 
and uh, go and swim in that pool because that's going to be a lot better exercise for you. And the fourth and final sponsor is SunTrust Financial Planning. Uh, they've been a client of mine for about 15 or 20 years. I know that uh, Mark Wolf is a very strong advocate uh, with him and his family and his friends and colleagues for a healthy lifestyle. And so he's been educating his customers and clients for almost uh, 15 or 20 years now, as I said. And uh, I think it's really important because, yeah, you can have a good portfolio with good income coming in from your investments, but if you don't have good health, then you really don't have anything. And so Sun, SunTrust Financial Planning is a financial planning company that practices that and then they preach it to uh, everybody and they give us the opportunity to, to preach it to others on our show. So thanks to our sponsors. Thanks for everything that Aubrey has con contributed over the last year. We wish her well in her dissertation, which I know she's going to nail uh, w without any difficulty. <laughs> and uh, I don't know whether you're hoping for a boy or a girl. I know she has a boy already. Um, but whatever it is, I know it's going to be one of the healthiest babies that was ever born. <laughs> so, Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Aubrey. <laughs> Bye for now.